Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health and mindset, inside and out. With your hosts, Steve Katarzy and Bryn Jenkins. In this episode, we talk about two things. We spend the first half talking about Bryn and his body goals and the progress he's making. And in the second half, we talk about supersetting exercises. So when it comes to Bryn, he is a classic ectomorph. He's a hard gainer. He struggles to put on weight, whether it be fat or muscle. So we try and understand where he's at with his current training and his current nutrition. Um, he's got a bias towards CrossFit and performance now as opposed to purely strength training. And that's changing things and making it slightly more challenging. But the reality is he struggles to get enough calories in. Um, we try and understand where his demons are with regards to calorie consumption. Think through ways in which he could get more calories in more easily as opposed to resorting to a highly anal approach of preparing all his meals up front, which I don't think would be sustainable. And then when it comes to the supersetting discussion, this is a popular and commonly programmed format of doing strength training exercises. So we talk about what supersetting is, what are the main reasons and benefits of doing supersetting? Is it a modality that actually helps you get bigger muscles and get stronger? We speculate and discuss on the downsides of supersetting and we talk about when to superset and when not to superset. When is it a bad idea? Good episode, guys. I hope you enjoy it. Adaptation. Tell me how uh, training's going, because we've, we've not really spoken about our training for a while, Bryn. No. Um, well, I think last time we spoke about training um, was probably when I first started doing CrossFit. Um, and then I was doing two days at CrossFit and then two days of my own training at home in my gym garage. That's and, right. Yeah, that yeah. was that was a good couple of months ago where we really kind of yeah. spoke about what we're doing. So come on. Yeah, me I, mean, uh, I mean, for me, training's not going great at the moment because obviously I've had two stag do's um, in this past You're week. You're weak, man. You're yeah, weak. Yeah, I know. I know. Ridiculous. I'm getting old, I think. I just can't, I can't go out <laughs> anymore and then train as well. I've got about uh, half a week off. But, al- alcohol um, is known to be very negative towards your training yeah, effort yeah. so it's a good idea that you then tried to train the day after man exactly would have been pointless i think the biggest thing for me as well is because i know that i've had lack of sleep and i i just i don't know if, i know physically it's having an impact but mentally as well it has a big impact um for me and i just don't feel like training when i've not had enough recovery and yeah. enough rest time so that's instinctive man yeah but so at, at a kind of high level i know you've last couple of weeks have been uh distracting yeah but how's it going generally yeah good um so i'm still doing the same uh routine so i'm doing two days of crossfit and then two days of my own training um the struggles i'm having with that is that i don't know what i'm going to be doing at crossfit because i turn up and whatever the workout of the day is i'll be doing um but then that's where i've had to build a degree of flexibility within my own training outside um so i've got i do two full body workouts on my own um and then i do obviously crossfit which tend to be full body as well but i will pick out the two days what i haven't done at crossfit so if i was doing deadlifts or squats in crossfit i would then do that at home so i just don't end up hitting the same movements over and over surely you don't um you don't get much in the way of 
bench press. So I would assume yeah. you, you do bench press every yeah. time you train. I've got, yeah, I've got bench press. Because it, it, the things that I don't do at CrossFit, I will do myself. So it means that I just fill in the gaps. Um, and I'm still focusing mostly on performance um, with an element of aesthetic work in there as well. Uh, more towards the end of the workout, I'll make sure I sort of work on, for me, my weak areas are usually like my biceps, uh, my deltoids. So I'm just making sure I'm hitting those, trying to get enough frequency in. Okay. Um, are you enjoying it? Love it. Yeah. I, I, I like the degree of flexibility that I've got and the unexpected um, workouts that I have at CrossFit. So I quite like that. Um, but I didn't want it to be overly flexible where there's too much variability where I don't know quite what I'm doing and how to progress. Um, because obviously progressive overload is important, right? So I had to have some degree of control over that to see if I'm getting stronger, if I'm, you know, just progressing over time. So, but for me, it's working only training four days a week. I mean, for my lifestyle it's working mm -hmm. right now. So is it, is it working against any metrics you're measuring? Are you, is your weight going up? Because I know that was a goal of yours. Are any measuring your body? I know that's something that you probably yeah. don't do often, but are there signs that there's adaptations that are positive on the there, kind of physical and aesthetic front? Yeah, there there was, to begin with, I was definitely a lot leaner and I went up because um, when I first started, I was around about 70 kilograms and then I worked my way up to about 72 kilograms on average um, over, over the couple of months I was doing CrossFit, obviously with obviously having a busy time with the wedding coming up and I've just been off my routine a little bit, I have dropped back down, but that's just because my training frequency has dropped as well. So what, you you stop training yeah, and you lose weight? Yeah. That's gonna, everyone listening <laughs> is going to be so envious of you, Bryn, right? So you stop training, you drink like a fish, and then <laughs> you I get plastered. Yeah. And you lose weight. Yeah, but I'm probably more <laughs> probably moving more to the skinny fat um, scale rather than okay. the uh, more muscular and lean side of things. So, so let, um, the reason I was asking this is, you know, we are May. So we're five, six months into the year. We yeah. started off the year with us both exposing our own personal, physical slash aesthetic goals. Yeah. Um, in the previous episode, we spoke about that that isn't the only thing that drives either of us, mm -hmm. right? It's part of uh, a life that feels fulfilled yeah. and that you're able to hit, you know, as many markers that represent vitality and happiness. But let's not knock aesthetics. It mm -hmm. is, it has a degree of importance yeah, to all of us, right? Of ours, yeah. People even want to lose the weight they're holding or they mm -hmm. want to get a little bit bigger. Most people will have a goal towards one of those most. Yeah. And I know that still has a level of importance to you. Yeah. Is it still as important as it was back in January? And are the goals that you're you are hoping for still something you believe you can achieve with both the modality and the level of commitment you're putting in? And it's not a loaded question. I'm I'm just curious. Yeah. No, I no, uh, I think the the goal's still the same because I still want to look a certain way and that was to to look strong aesthetically pleasing but but more athletic mm -hmm. rather than a bodybuilder so um a little bit more slight a little bit more lean um so that's still the goal but i think with what i'm doing now it's just i i've got more of a competitive edge now i'm obviously doing crossfit as well as my own training so i think it's just pushing me a little bit more in the direction of um wanting to improve my performance mm -hmm. Um, which I think for me is just give me a little bit more clarity on, on or sort of 
making me lean towards one way over the other. So yeah, it probably has shifted a little bit more to performance. Um, because before I was always in limbo, I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to be able to PR this and PR that, but at the same time, like, yeah, but I want to look like this. And you know, you're, you're sitting in the middle, aren't you? You're on the fence. You're mm -hmm. not committing to one or the other. So I think this has kind of pushed me more towards performance. So the needles move slightly, but overall the goal is still the same. I still want to look that way. Um, but not at the detriment of my performance. Okay. So, so from a, from a training perspective, four days a week for the yeah. most part, a blend of, you know, dynamic and uh, uh, surprising workouts at mm -hmm. CrossFit that yeah. you've enjoyed because it's got that performance yeah. and that work output that Check I think you enjoy. New things that I haven't done before. Plus, you get to program in the things that you enjoy mm -hmm. in the weight room as well, which exactly. sounds like a really good balance to you. Yeah. Is is it is it supported with a, a commitment towards nutrition to make the benefit of all the work you're doing or is that maybe a little bit loose? Uh, no, because I think... Uh, but the, the, the hardest thing for me, which I touched on before, was obviously making sure I get enough calories. Um, for me, that's always been a struggle. Uh, however, I'm much better at it, but now I am burning more calories um, because obviously what I'm doing and because of CrossFit, I need a lot of carbohydrates in my diet. So for me, it's just trying to bump those carbs up as high as I can. What's that so, need to be like? What's your calorie? What do you think your calorie goal should be on average per day to take on account average, for the extra work you're doing on average i put on weight if i am about three and a half thousand calories um and i'm trying to push my carbs up to like 300 grams um even, probably need even, to be up to 400 even, yeah. even more yeah. yeah near to 400 so um I, I lower it obviously when i'm not training and when i am training yeah it's more up towards the 400 mark and is um, that a struggle for you which is a struggle for me yeah um but i it's constant, you know, nutrition's never been my strong point. Um, and I've always struggled in terms to, of, <clears throat> in terms of committing to getting in the, getting in the, the volume. Calories. Yeah. Cause obviously yeah. with my job, it's, there's, I'm quite busy a lot of the time and, and it's just trying to get that time to, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good with my diet, but it could be that much, a little bit better. And that's, that's the problem I've always had is just, just making sure I'm consistently hitting those, um, targets that I've set. That's where I struggle. Um, one day I'm really good. Next day something happens. So I know I need to plan my days a little bit, be little bit better around my nutrition because your day has to look a certain way if you want to eat a certain way. You can't kind of wake up and just go, go with the day and try and hit your target as you go throughout the day because that just doesn't work because you know it's like something crops up something doesn't work and it just takes up a load of time and you end up kind of going off target right um so it's just making sure i step back the night before and go okay what meals am i going to eat when um and just preparing a little mm. bit ahead of time some food in the evening because i met with uh jason kalipa when i was at that body power expo and you know he's He's actually uh, shorter than you would expect. But quite a big lad. He, so he was a CrossFitter, right? Wasn't he? Yeah. I think he won it. Did he win it? Um, For a bunch of times, three yeah. or four times. And yeah. he's, he's known. He's, and anyone following CrossFit will know who Jason is. Yeah. Um, he was smaller than I expected from a height perspective. But, yep. you know, he's packed on size. You look at Matt Fraser, you look at uh, in. These guys yep. have got good muscular volume on mm -hmm. their body. And they do a hell of a lot of work. Um. So it's absolutely possible to train with that level of intensity and work output and put a uh, put size on a frame. You look yeah. at Zach George, right? He's he's big, yeah, yeah. yet he cross trains. So I can see cross training because you get so much volume in. Yeah. 
um, and you are doing functional compound movements, yeah, I can see it it being supportive if you know what you're doing mm -hmm. and you train within a range which is safe for your ability yeah. and you don't try and crank out volume that is at a detriment towards overall safety and function. So I can see how that could help, but not paying attention to your calories mm. is a surefire way of kind of sitting somewhere in the middle. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just the way I'm built, Brim, mm. but I don't like to waste time. Yeah. I don't like to waste energy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have done. If you think about my training effort over the years, mostly it was a waste of time. Mm. And and not not because um, you know it, it fulfilled a psychic bucket. You know I felt fit, so mm -hmm. there were definitely benefits. You know I could have been bigger if I didn't train. Absolutely, but my goal was always to get strong, get 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 more muscle. Yeah, right. And that never really happened. And it didn't happen because I didn't really one. I didn't know what I was doing, but more importantly, I wasn't matching a level of intensity in the yeah. gym with a level of granular detail when it comes to at least the calories mm. being at the right level to support yeah. growth. So the point I'm making is I, I think it's important that you decide. Mm. Decide what you need. Be really clear on what you want because if it's a, if it's a decision you want, mm. you know, if it's, an, if it's an outcome you want, then don't waste energy, time, and work. Mm not getting it because yeah. you're, you're you're spending weeks and weeks and weeks doing work that could be highly productive towards building your physique mm -hmm. but if you're not matching it with your uh, uh nutrition yeah it kind of feels like you're wasting energy and you know you've only got x amount of miles on the clock mm. right from a physical physical standpoint out of time, boy. no 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 i'm not talking time <laughs> i'm talking mean, about yeah, yeah. the amount of energy and amount of abuse your body can take <clears throat> yeah. right there's only a finite amount of it that your body's going to want to take mm. And um, especially if you're training with intensity and you're not packing in all of the appropriate levels of calorie and micronutrients at yeah. the right levels, you know, you could be causing, a, you know, gas, you know, um, general adaptation syndrome going mm. negatively where your rest and recovery because the nutrition is perhaps at a restrictive state yeah. without meaning to could be creating this kind of undulating but downward trending level of fatigue i'm not saying that's happening but if you want to continue to gain stronger be more performant progress whether it be you know adaptation of your body or or strength or mm -hmm. work output i think that the the nutrition piece yeah oh it's is, is really it is and, and i know you know this i'm, I'm mm. preaching to the choir mm. and i know it's a matter of you know it being important enough yeah. and your busy schedule, it's not easy. I get it. Mm. But if I was you, I just know for me, my bias would be, Steve, stop wasting time now. If I mm. want an aesthetic goal, mm -hmm. let's get after it yeah. and enjoy the modalities I'm currently training in. If I don't care as much, then that's fine. But don't kid myself and say I want it because I'm not mm. going to get it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get it doing what I'm doing. That's why I've, I only do four sessions a week because I know if I because I am trying to put on mass and get stronger and perform better in the gym, I know if I train more than four times a week, I will definitely struggle to hit my goals mm. um, nutritionally. So I, I don't think sure you necessarily need to do more than that, yeah, right? That's, that's quite a lot already, yeah, isn't and, it? And, and 
I think when you're certain people don't recover, and it, I know there's other stresses in life that stop you from recovering as quick. But even when I've got everything else on point, I still don't recover that quickly. Um, even when my nutrition's on point as well. So for me, right. four sessions a week is just about right, yeah. which allows me to to keep up with my nutrition. I what, eat what, enough calories. What do you think you could do to stop this perpetual story you're feeding yourself that? you know, you continue to be someone that struggles with calories. Like, what can you do to disbandon that story and no longer own it as an mm -hmm. identity mm -hmm. and find a way to solve the problem that you know you want to solve? Yeah. What do you think you could do to interrupt that pattern? Because I think it is something you do care about, mm. but you just haven't mastered. Yeah. What other ways do you think you can get through it mentally? I know what I need to do. I just need to sit down and plan out exactly what I'm going to eat. Really? Yeah, I need to sit down and write down every single meal that I'm going to have so I know that it's going to hit that calorie But goal. that sounds like a burden. I yeah. can see why you don't do yeah. that. Yeah, so, so I know I need to sit down and go, right, these are going to be my four or five meals a day. Right. This is how much they're going to weigh, so it's all going to equal X amount of calories. Um, when am I going to eat them? I'm going to have it breakfast. I'm at about 10 o'clock, um, and I would just obviously spread that out throughout my day and i know i'm gonna hit my calories that's what i need to do you need that's what i need so you know to do. i don't do that yeah so you do it slightly differently i mean do you do it throughout the day as you go how, how i just know i just know it? i can get to say so i have the same calorie goal to you for to offer up a slight weight increase it's yeah very slight but i'm happy taking a really slow time yeah um but i do about three and a half thousand calories a day i don't move as much as you bring right you know you're a personal trainer so um that works for me but like eating three and a half calories is easy <laughs> for me yeah. it's like i've got i've got a big enough yeah. appetite to easily swallow that down yeah. you know i have you know with or without breakfast mm. i can still fit it in easily you know i just i just move things around if i have a breakfast you know all in with my pre and post workout and my breakfast i might be at 1100 as i click into 10 o'clock or, mm -hmm. or nine o'clock then i have maybe six to nine hundred maybe up to a thousand at lunch, depending on whether I need it or not. Mm -hmm. And then I typically have a thousand to fifteen hundred meal plus dessert at dinner. And you stack that together with a couple of things that sit outside of that. And I know that that structurally, really three meals a day with yeah. a few bits and pieces around it is easy. If you said to me, Steve, get to four thousand, wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Wouldn't be a problem because I would just load up a little bit more in one area. But I have the benefit of not having to work around a ever-changing schedule. Yeah. I get to eat at what are quote-unquote normal times. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm in control of my diet because I work from home. Mm -hmm. So I know I have some things that make it easier. Yeah. But I guess the fundamental difference is eating food is not a problem for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas me, it's not. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah I'm, I am driven by food. I love food, but I don't i can't eat these big meals so i have to eat more frequently and then my diary is always changing so i have actually planned my my meals but it's kind of gone out the window when my schedule changes and so i can plan x amount of meals tomorrow but then on friday it's going to be different and it means that preparing all those meals is going to be a lot harder even if i prepare i think there's got to be a different answer Bryn. Yeah. the reason being is that sounds like a ball ache yeah yeah, yeah it is it's yeah. a ball ache man and yeah. and i wouldn't i wouldn't uh promote it mm -hmm. to others to Definitely say not. well a week ahead decide what you're going to eat every day plan it prepare it 
walk into that day having all the foods prepped. That sounds like a bodybuilder plan. Yeah. And that sounds it's like something right? is unsustainable. Yeah. So you've got to find another solution. Yeah. You've and got to find it. If, if you I... care about it, because if you don't care about it, hey, like you're in good shape. Mm. Stay in good shape. Uh, you know, you've got the benefit, you know, the advantage that many people would desire, mm-hmm. which is you don't put weight on. Fucking fantastic. Yeah. Especially as you get older. It's a great quality to have. Yeah. Um, but if you do want to maximize the benefit of all the training that you're doing Mm. so your performance increases your strength increases and your physique improves to a point where you're happier then you've got to find a different way of solving that problem yeah because right now i'm eating i i'm not preparing my food and scheduling it at the moment i am literally just eating intuitively um i track um for a couple of weeks and then i stop just so i know whereabouts i am um and as a whole i do put on weight but like you're saying you don't want to if you really want to change your physique and performance stop wasting time and you know figure out exactly what you're having and find out a sustainable way of doing that long term my brother's my brother's exactly the same as this this is steve i just I don't, I'm not driven by food and yes. and I, I, I struggle to eat what I know I need to eat. Yeah. And then it just gets a bit, it, it gets a bit too technical for me. So I just kind of go with the flow again and then, yeah. hey, I know I'm not in control. And when I'm not in control, it kind of feels pointless. So yeah. then I just lose the whole, the whole kind of momentum. You let go. Right, I get yeah. it. Look, I, I don't get it because, in, you know, I'm built slightly differently <laughs> mentally and how I, you know, process and want food. Uh, but I get, I get the mindset issue. Yeah. So, the, you know, again, let's let's think about it let's think mm. about inventive ways that can support your work and lifestyle to get you towards an ever improving performance strength and physique goals that i know you have i'm sure we can we can we can make this a thing of the past where yeah. it's easier for you because it meant it's, intelligently it's easy for you mm-hmm. But practically, it's difficult. Yeah. So clearly, you've not found the modality no. that's sustainable. <laughs> well, it's because uh, when I want to get my calories up, I can quite easily turn to fats as they're more calorie dense to get my calories up. And that's a lot easier. But as a macronutrient, I don't want my fats to be. It's, I need to get more carbohydrates in because of the amount of energy I burn. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't, fat, fats are good, man. I mean, fat's good, but my diet is becomes very really high. Fat. Yeah, very right. fat dominant. Um, okay. Protein's not a problem. I always hit my protein. Every time I track, I always bang on my protein. I'm okay. usually over my protein. That's fine. Um, I'm usually quite low on my carbs, i.e. 100 to 200 grams. Some, you know, if I don't pay attention to it, 100 to 200 grams of carbs. Um, and my fats can, yeah, skyrocket if i don't pay attention to it so i like eating fats because i do feel good on that but i do know that if i want to benefit more from my physique and performance i do need to up my carbohydrates Mm. so it's looking at carbohydrate sources that don't fill me up too much or take too much time to prepare um so that's i think where the where where the focus is for you yeah for me it's filling that hole with carbohydrates so why don't we why don't we keep this theme going because once you stumble across the way yeah um which is Becomes no, easy, no right? longer it's, it's, it, it's frictionless yeah it's easy it's like okay i've got a goal i know exactly how to do it <clears> and i can do it forever until i change my goal yeah you know when you know it you've got to share it with everyone right yeah. so why don't why do we do that as uh, i'm sure we'll talk about it so what 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 things do you do <clears throat> that you know helps you to hit your target so you you have quite high calorie meals um but you're obviously looking at your macronutrient profile as well, right? 
So honestly, I care only about calories and protein. Okay. Like in terms of the only things that I want to hit. Mm-hmm. Calories first, protein second. But I always hit my protein. Yeah. I'm always a little bit over because, you know, I love meat. Mm-hmm. I love meat, right? So yeah. I have I have meat with every meal. Mm-hmm. Um, almost every meal. Sometimes I won't in the morning, but definitely lunch and dinner. Got yeah. a big, big heaper, you know, fish or a chicken or a, or a beef. So that's fine. The calories are easy because I, I'm a consumer. <laughs> um, but I don't care about carbs and protein at a finite level. I know I'm going to get them in because I carbs have... Carbs and fats, you mean. Sorry, yeah. sorry carbs and fats. Yeah. I probably have more fats than... I probably about have 150 grams of fat mm-hmm. a day because my fats come from coconut oil I'll have in the morning. I like my almond butter. Mm-hmm. Butters over every meal. Like we put butter on, you know, people but we cook a lot of things in either butter or avocado oil or rice bran oil mm-hmm. um, or coconut oil. And, you know, the leftover oils are then, um, sp- you know, put over our veg. So the yep. veg tastes t- really nice. So from a fat perspective, I know it's satiating. It gives a good mouthfeel. It makes me happy. I know I process fats well. And uh, fats are good for, you know, over, overall good cholesterol and, hormones. you know, building up your um, uh, building up your hormones. So f- I don't really care for that. Now, maybe I should, mm-hmm. but I don't. So yeah. I know I've got flexibility between carbs and fat and depending on what meal's on, on the agenda for today or what stuff we've got in the fridge. Yeah. I know I need fat with every meal. Yeah. If it's a low fat meal, like, you know, the typical lose weight meals, right? Mm-hmm. Where you have a yeah. stir fry with like really lean beef and just like some noodles and, you know, some, some like vegetables. Pak choy. It, yeah. That for me is like <laughs> hell. Yeah. Like I eat it and it's not satisfying. Mm. It doesn't feel good and I'm hungry within minutes. As soon as you stack in a bunch of fat, like if I have a, if I have salmon. Yeah. All right. Or I have, you know, something, you know, with a load of butter over it. Or I, you know, as soon as I do that, I feel good, satiating. I'm happy emotionally, yeah. and then I'm I'm good. I'm yeah. good for the rest of the day or until my next meal. And your energy feels good. Yeah. So I I have I have no restriction on fat. Yeah. But then I, I know I don't over ramp it because I don't have the 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 trans fats. Yeah. You know I don't have the shitty fats basically. Mm-hmm. I only mm-hmm. have good fats, and there's only so much of that you can have. Like yeah. you can't neck five tablespoons of coconut oil. Mm. So it's it's naturally limited yep. based on how much your body wants, but I don't curb it. Yeah. So I, if I was you, I'd be thinking, like for example, why don't I have a protein shake and put in a a, a, a tablespoon of coconut oil because that really lights me up in the morning. Mm. Why don't I make sure when I have my veg at night, I put ten or fifteen grams of butter on that? Why don't I make sure that I I'm, I've got an extra splash of olive oil over my yeah. salad but that's the thing right so I, I do that and it and that just like pushes up my fat even higher i, I wouldn't worry about that man what what is what are you trying to stick within is well I, i'm about i can't remember how much i was in my fats it was about 130 i think it was your goal it was my goal and you find yourself creeping above but it. i yeah i'm creeping above that quite easily I, um, I i think i would do it because every gram of fat is nine calories right so if you can get in fats that are healthy fats mm. and find ways to quote unquote hide it so it doesn't feel like you're in grease yeah, yeah right if you can do that i would do it because i don't think there's any evidence to suggest there's too much 
too much avocado oil you can have or there's too much coconut oil you yeah. should have or there's you know too much olive oil i don't think there's anything yeah to to suggest you have to limit those mm. stack them in man mm. go and have an ever extra avocado in the morning oh i love an go avocado. slam the nuts down right nuts like a handful of nuts you can have four five hundred calories mm. graze on those with it you know don't even realize you're eating calories yeah, yeah. slap on loads of almond butter <laughs> on on your taste but like a really big portion mm. like they're easy ways to crank it up yeah and I, that's the stuff i need to limit yeah. because that's the stuff that can take me over the edge really easily if i do too yeah. much yeah well, well that's the thing i i that i can hit my calories that way um do it man but i just yeah i'm just conscious i i want to get my carbohydrates up for the more um intense workouts in, in, in crossfit the workouts at home not so much i need more the your well, body's going to have to have to convert your 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 fat, yeah. and it, and it will, man, it will. There's um uh, that Sean Baker guy who's a carnivore. All he eats is is yeah, red meat, yeah, yeah. right? And he is performing like a beast. He's mm. like breaking world records at the age of fifty on rowing and stuff like that. He's, so so he's in so a, he's running purely on ketosis, yeah, and he ketosis, he's right? doing great, yeah, and he's feeling good. So I would maybe like go like you're obviously going to get carbs in, right? Because mm. it's in your meals, right? So yeah. you're probably going to have enough. And I'd probably say, you know, make sure you hit your, you know, your 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight, mm. right? So do your 180, 190 grams of protein, whatever it is. Make sure you hit your three and a half thousand calories. And then just like, you know, you're going to get, a yeah, good, you know, you're going to get a good enough amount of carbs in. Just make sure you get enough calories in between the blend of carbs and fats. Yeah. And I would amp up the nuts and amp up the oils and just yeah. see how you go. I mean, I'm, I've never been too uh, meticulous with the, the the fat and the uh, carbohydrates because obviously I'm not a bodybuilder. Bodybuilders need to be really... Sounds like you're restricting yourself in. a little bit though, maybe. But I am aware. Yeah, I am aware of the, the carbohydrates and that is, that's where most of the... Maybe see the if you take the, take the limiter off there and see if, if that works. Yeah. If it works for you though, man. But anyway... Let's let's see how how that goes. I would I'd love it once you kind of stumble across something that's sustainable for you for us to share it yeah, because yeah. I know there are people that uh, equally suffer with uh, long term sustained calorie surpluses. It's just mm -hmm. something that they're they're not instinctively built to do. They kind of always under eat. Yeah. If we can find a way to do that for the guys mm -hmm. or girls that want to grow a little bit bigger, it'd be great people to, be able to share it. Yeah, people that are naturally skinny ectomorphs tend to think they're eating more than they actually are usually. Yeah. Um, because we feel full quite quickly and quite easily. So we always think we're eating more than we are, but actually we need a lot of calories. Right. So we are, that was, that was really interesting, man. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and no hopefully you don't feel too exposed. <laughs> As always. Um, let's talk about a, uh, a subject that I think it's, uh, it's, it's a confusing uh, style of training as as in I don't think people necessarily know why they do it or wonder whether they should which is supersetting mm -hmm. so the concept of supersetting is the idea of back-to-back -back exercises so doing exercise number one and immediately doing exercise number two and then resting yeah. and then repeating one and two again and <clears> doing that for several sets so you often see people do you know like a like like a bicep exercise and then maybe a back exercise or maybe do a bicep exercise and a tricep exercise mm -hmm. people do this in a variety of different ways but the idea is two exercises back to back talk to me Bryn one 
Mm-hmm. And let's start with, do you program supersetting into your clients' programs? Yeah, um, supersetting for me is an awesome tool just to have in the toolbox. Um, I use it pretty much for most programs that I do. Um, and I'll generally tend to use it later on in the program. So I won't program it at the beginning when you're focusing on your sort of heavy compound exercises like a deadlift or a squat. I tend to leave them as they are, but I will use a superset later on in the program for the sort of smaller, maybe the isolate isolation exercises. Um, yeah, so I, I personally do. I put So it into most of the programs you put together have an element of supersetting yeah. at the back end yeah. After the more typical heavier lifting, compound lifting. Yeah. Why? Um, for me, it's an efficiency tool when programming. So I want to get in a certain amount of volume for my client um, or certain uh, exercises in order to fit them in to the hour. I need to superset to obviously create less rest period um, and keep up that intensity and that volume. So I think superset for me is an efficiency tool more than anything. Okay, so your primary reason is to get people in and out of the gym quicker. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Whilst getting everything that they need to get done in the gym in that hour. Right, so I agree. So supersetting, I believe its principal benefit is time efficiency in the gym. Yeah. Also, if you think about it, you know, when you're in a gym um, and certain exercises, especially if you're going heavy, you know, we recommend two, maybe up to three minutes of rest. Sometimes that can feel like an eternity. Mm. Like when you're sitting there, yeah. you don't know what to do with yourself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <clears throat> so not only do you feel one, you feel like you're wasting time. So then people end up hitting the exercise maybe sooner than they can and mm-hmm. they, they get less out of the next set just because yeah. they haven't fully recovered. I see that quite often. Um, but at the same time, you, you you almost feel that you could be more productive by doing something else in that 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 quiet time. And that's why I think Supercent serves its purpose well. It gets you in and out of the gym quicker and it takes advantage of what otherwise would be idle time mm-hmm. if your Superset pairing is is something that you can manage without, you know, being really suboptimal in that second set. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Cause you don't want to inhibit your second exercise. If you're doing uh, bicep curls and then you're going to go into tricep extensions, if you're just on bicep curls and you put, a, you know, a lot of intensity into that and then you go into your second exercise and then you're, you're drained mentally and physically and you don't get as much out of it. That's the only negative I would see there. But as long as you're not taking away from that second exercise, yeah, by all means. So let, let, let's touch on that negative because I think it's an important one. Mm-hmm. Um, so supersetting, exercise one followed by exercise two. <clears throat> if exercise two is an exercise that um, has importance to you, um, it's a, a muscle or a movement that you want to develop, and you want to be really deliberate about that. Yeah. Um, you know, the art of building a stronger, um, bigger physique is progressive overload. And if you're supersetting, I often find you struggle to progressively overload because it's a it's a work output game, right? You're doing effectively quite a lot of reps. Yeah. Split between two different exercises back to back and you start fatiguing because the, you know, you've only got so much phosphocreatine in your muscles. You've only got so much anaerobic capacity within you. The lactic acid builds up, the metabolic waste builds up, and your body starts, you know, forcing you to stop. 
because you no longer have the, the resources in which to be able to do heavy, hard contractions of yeah. your muscles. So you've naturally got you know, a capacity of 20, 30 seconds typically of using phosphocreatine and then your energy levels are expended. You then move to a different energy uh, system mm -hmm. that um, does not promote maximal contraction. No, It's more endurance-based. So then what ends up happening if it's not correctly programmed, is that second um, exercise is suboptimal. Either you're swinging the weights up and down, you're using really bad form, you're able to get less reps out, or you're limiting your ability from week to week to progress the weight on that exercise just because you're so fatigued on yeah. that specific exercise. <laughs> so for me, I think that's the biggest problem is if that exercise number two is important, um, and you know that it would develop a muscle and a level of strength you're after, I'd probably take that out and do that separately so you can recover properly and go into it with full intent. Yeah. However, I also like supersetting primarily for the reason of efficiency. Mm. Um, I also think it's a volume game. Yeah. Right. So really, if you look at any of the, you know, any of the bodybuilders, they'll say the same thing. It's volume, volume, volume. You get more volume week after week and mm -hmm. volume is a is a is a calculation of reps plus sets plus weight mm. you know weight on the the bar if you you know that calculation should be going up every week in some capacity to cause the adaptation yeah so if you can get more volume in by supersetting it means within the time you've got in the gym you can do more volume yeah which means more growth potential i like that what it also theoretically if you think about it could create is because of the increased metabolic waste from continued work output effectively that will um, result in more metabolic damage and theoretically that will support um, some greater adaptation however that as a concept i think is mostly relevant if you do volume on volume i if you do a bicep exercise followed by a bicep exercise. Mm. And I was doing that today. Yeah. You know, I done cable curls followed by hammer curls. Mm. And I done them back to back with very little rest because what I was trying to do is try to maximize met metabolic waste, fatiguing my muscles, yeah. exhausting my muscles, uh, and just putting sheer volume in in a very short period of time. I know that one, it gives me an insane pump. Uh, and it looks good, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, uh, I believe it creates uh, an adaptation. And you know, many of the pro bodybuilders will do exactly the same thing. It's volume on volume on the same yeah. muscle group. But what you typically find when superset um, uh, programming is done is mm. it's antagonistic yeah, and usually opposite agonistic muscles. Yeah. Talk about what that is. Uh, so I like I said earlier, kind of like if you're doing a bicep curl into like tricep extension. Um, so I like to pair antagonist muscles like that. So you might do um, a quad exercise of a hamstring exercise. Um, so work in opposing muscles so that you're not necessarily fatiguing the same muscle twice. Um, so you have the potential to work with more intent on that yeah. second exercise because you're using a different exactly. rate, different group of muscles. Yeah, like with you, like you're saying, that's there, the efficiency piece. That's the efficiency piece, right? Yeah. So you're working the opposite muscle, and it's not really uh, exercise A isn't really affecting uh, exercise B as such. It might take away from you energy-wise, but actually you're not kind of fatiguing the same muscle 
with two exercises. But then obviously, like you said, you've got volume on volume where you work the same same muscle group twice. Um, but that's obviously more of a volume game, isn't it? It's trying to, and you know, I like I like to do that personally in a program as a bit of a finisher. So yeah. you might do a, an arm finisher um, and I want to really get the volume in on my biceps because I know they don't grow and they're my sort of stubborn area. I love chucking in a super set and I'll do two exercises for my bicep. Um, but yeah, if I'm throwing it, but that second, that second exercise is going to be lower weight than what you could have done with exactly. being fully recovered. Yeah. But you're you're you caring less about good. exercise number two because it's just extra volume on yeah. exercise number one. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So yeah. exercise number one is the mo- most important. Yeah, and then you're finishing. Like some people, I was doing this today as well. I was doing partials. I was doing a bunch of volume on on one exercise, one muscle group. Yeah, and then I was doing partials, which was like half reps. Mm-hmm. You know, from a from a value perspective, they're less valuable than a full rep. Yeah. But I can't get a full rep out. But if I'm getting half reps out, that's extra volume. Mm. So it adds that extra little touch. Yeah. So volume on volume is a viable way to do supersetting. Yeah. Another viable way, as you've just said, is antagonistic muscles. So doing two different muscle groups whilst you're tired. Um, the intent of the second yeah. mu- exercise is as paired as much. Yeah. But it still is impaired to a degree because you are fatigued. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you can keep that level of intensity up on the second exercise. So, um, yeah, I tend to, so I don't tend to program this in at the beginning of the workout. Like I said earlier, um, if you're doing a big compound lift, like a deadlift, um, or, or back squat, something like that, I don't tend to superset then just because, um, and I know you like to have your rest in between. If you're lifting heavy on your back squats, you don't really want to go and mess about with, um, doing another exercise in between even like just like i, I can imagine i can imagine you, right? someone saying this would be a great idea do a heavy back squat and then do some body weight squats do 20 of those in between fuck you <laughs> is what i say <laughs> that would not be fun because if i'm doing if i'm doing like 50 percent of what you know exertion like a, an rpe of five yeah. on a back squat and then i do I do a, ch- a, a ton of uh amrap um body weight squats i can yeah. do that i can yeah. easily do that but if I'm squatting heavy, like, you know, it's it's making me nervous before I start. It's taxing my CNS. I'm mentally all in. Mm. I'm having to grind out that last couple of reps. I come out of that exercise and it's just like I've been hit by a train. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's It just wipes you out and you need, um, they say, two to three minutes. And they are on a side of caution and say, if you're lifting heavy like that, maximal yeah. progressive overload, four to six rep range strength training you need about three minutes you need to fully to recover, recover from exactly. the cellular level you need to you need that time you need, right? you need the muscles to be uh repopulated with the uh, the nutrients and also the creatine to be able to yeah. go again so i would not totally agree yeah. with you i would not load in a second even if it's an easy exercise on the same muscle group if you're doing yeah. compound lifting yeah. heavy it just doesn't make sense. No. It's just going to detract away from your second set. Exactly. So what I would add there then is I would put in maybe a, a sort of a filler exercise. So if you don't just want to stand around twiddling your thumbs in between or you don't want to <clears throat> go on your phone, then a filler exercise is great because you might go, my ankle, my right ankle felt a little bit tight when I was squatting. So I'm just going to go and do some light ankle work whilst I'm resting for two to three minutes. More mobility yeah, stuff. Yeah, you can work on mobility, um, things that are low level that aren't going to tax you in between or take away from yeah, any yeah. Of your energy. So or, what about or like, uh, focus. like if you're doing deadlifts, 
doing something that um, forces a better mind muscle connection with your lats in between. Yeah. So exactly. you do a deadlift and yep. then you go and get a band, attach it to a, like a like a high up pole, and you pull that band down. Bring it's you know it's pulling it's it down, squeezing pulling your lats, pulling it down towards your your yep. thighs. Yeah. Doing that, you're having to force and focus on the lat contraction. Yeah. That doesn't take anything out of you at all. So if you no. say you're a minute and a half in to a three minute rest. And then you go and do a two or three of those on a really light band. Yeah. All it's doing is reminding your body, okay, this is the muscle I need to use yeah. because if I want to keep my shoulders back and my back straight, I need these fired up. Yeah. So that makes sense. So, so when but you're a doing fatiguing exercise, yeah. when you're actually deliberately trying to progressively overload in between, yeah. doesn't make sense. I, I would chuck that maybe at the end. So if you're going to do like three, four, five sets of five reps on the back squat at the end of that when you've done all your your sets then you can do like a you know 20 rep to failure um, body weight squat or something like that you can chuck at the end but yeah definitely not in between your heavy strength working sets um but yeah i would would happily chuck in some fillers there yeah, just to work sense. on what you need to to that improve the sense. quality of your lift so we've spoken about it being primarily an efficiency tool Yeah, that it has a benefit of volume on volume on the same muscle group yeah. where the second exercise is less important, but it's just adding extra uh, intensity, to extra tension, out. time under tension and yeah. extra reps, which is all good. We've spoken about fillers that you can add within big compound lifts, but don't try and superset in its natural sense yeah. when you're doing those heavy lifts. We've spoken about antagonistic pairing. So, I know you program for me something that works nice. I do really heavy hip thrusts, mm -hmm. but it's really only working my hamstrings and my glutes. So it's not a full yeah. body workout. And then I'll go and do some pistol squats, mm -hmm. light with no weight, just trying to practice unilateral work. Yeah. I actually like that. It's the second X that the squats are hard. Yeah. You know, I'm tired after doing the yeah, hip yeah. thrusts, but they're so different in muscle groups that I've got enough energy within me to keep that going. Yeah, and, you, and it you, saves me a bit of time. You're practicing that skill, right? You're, you're yeah. taking time to to play around with that. Yeah, so that um, works. Anything else? Tri sets and giant sets. So obviously we've got um, a superset, which is two exercises. A tri set is obviously three exercises. Um, and then you've got giant sets, which could be like four or five um, exercises. Now we're talking hit, aren't we? Now we're yeah. talking like well, high yeah, intensity. Or, or kind of like, it's almost like a uh, circuit fashion, isn't yeah. it? So, um, and I, I wouldn't really, I tend to put these right at the end. So and I these might are more do, finishers for cardiovascular more than yeah, they are Yeah, muscle. it could be, yeah, more of a, uh, yeah, more of a circuit fashion. So I, I, I tend to like doing it with um, core exercises. So you might mm. do pharma carries, into um hanging leg raises into, into bicycle yeah and you yeah. might just do that as a bit of a finisher at the end um just to get three or four exercises in there and again it's, it's more of an efficiency yeah. get that volume in um just to work on your abs more the lower level um, exercises that aren't going to be again overly taxing or you're not going to have as much sort of technical breakdown um so I, I again i think they're great tools to chuck in at the end of your workout yeah i agree man I think in in summary then on this uh, superset discussion is I think they're inevitable mm -hmm. from an you know just so you're not in the gym for three hours yeah but if you had three hours I would argue that if you've done all your exercises in sequence i.e. one after the other appropriately resting in between versus trying to superset a couple of those I don't think the superset approach would garner you any additional 
muscle adaptation because you're still getting the same volume. Mm. Ultimately, it's a volume game. Yeah. Uh, there may be some incremental muscular damage through you know that kind of metabolic waste buildup if you're doing volume on volume with less supersetting maybe a little bit but i think we're on the margins here mm. i think generally speaking if you have the time and you have the neurotype either kind of mental preference mm -hmm. for doing one exercise after the other then go do that that's fine if either you like working hard with that level of kind of like uh, almost cardiovascular intensity and that yeah. kind of fatiguing state and or you're short on, shorter on time, or you just generally want to be efficient so you can get on with doing other stuff, running run your life, yeah. then then supersetting I think works great. Just select the right exercises which don't compromise the things you really, really yeah. care about. And actually what I'd add as well, is what I throw in there is as long as it doesn't affect your overall goal, um, I would, I, you know, it mixes up your training. It could just be for a bit of fun and to, to change things up a little bit. Yep. If, you, if you've never done supersetting before or a tricep or a giant set, um yeah put it into your put it into your program where it's appropriate and it just makes things a little bit more interesting so if i'm programmed for a client i i know just by making that small change will give them enough of um enough change to to keep them interested within their program yeah i i, I just think you know it, this is a preference thing and a time thing yeah more than it is this is superior than doing exercises one by one because because yeah. it, it isn't really no as i say incrementally in certain instances it may be a couple of percent better but ultimately if you get a volume of you know arbitrary number 100 in versus you know a volume of 100 in but you've supersetted you you're gonna you're gonna adapt in the same way by and large so do them if if you enjoy it if it makes sense and if you need to from a time perspective yeah. and that's about it yeah Cool. Listen, man, that's all I wanted to cover today. Yeah, that sounds uh, good. Let's, let's get this wrapped up. Yeah. And um, yeah, guys, listen, Adaptation is all about providing you with the tools and expert knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adapt Nation.